I was praying and had my Bible there. And I was just underlining, just going through, looking through all of the things that I had underlined. I know many of us will highlight and underline and write in the margins of your Bible. And that's what she did. She says, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to face this day and whatever is for me. So she took, she said, just gonna, I need to wash the clothes. I'm going to start with that. So she took up a bunch of clothes, threw it in the washing machine, and it was the kind of washing machine that front loader, you can't open it. So she realized a few minutes later, she says, oh my gosh, my Bible is in the bottom of that laundry basket. So she runs to the washing machine, and the Bible is in there. Uh, she couldn't open it. She had to wait until it went through the whole cycle. So she, after it's done, she takes the Bible out, it's all tattered, and she's thinking, oh my gosh, I've had this Bible almost my whole life. This, everything in my life that I've gone through is highlighted. This is my Bible. I know exactly where everything is in this Bible. How am I ever going to get a new one? And so she took it, it's tattered, she puts it on the back deck, and she says it was a sunny day, and I remember looking at it, and the pages are just flipping in the in the wind and it's drying and so she says finally I went out there and she's like just sit down and I'm, I says Lord what you know how, how can I even get another Bible all my notes are there all my highlights all the pay that I've been through this last year it's in that Bible and she looked down and everything that was highlighted in the Bible she picked it up she's looking through everything that was highlighted in pain was erased all the notes that she put on the sides and at the bottom, they were gone. They were washed away. And she says at that moment, she said, the Holy Spirit just gripped me and said, and the Lord said to her, just like the pages in this Bible that you, everything that was hurtful, everything that you have gone through, I have a race. I put you through that washing machine I've cleansed you. Everything that's in the past is in the past. Let it go. I have something brand new for you. I have something that you are not going to believe in the future. And this Bible, or a new one, it doesn't matter. It's my word. But you know what? You're going to have new days, new situations, new wonderful things in your life that you're going to be able to underline. Forget the past. Let it go. Amen. It's there. Yes. And let's continue with something brand new. Amen. And I believe right now, that's a word for somebody. I know you're going through yeah. hard times. I know a lot of us are. Right. It could be abandonment. It could be not knowing what the future holds for you. It could be sickness. But the Lord is the one that is going to create something new in you. He's going to be the one that sustains you. The Word is the one that's going to sustain you. He's cleansed it all.
becomes perfect, which the word says, Jesus said, I will perfect that which concerns you. Aren't you glad he's a good, good father yeah, that can erase the past and say, now I'm going to create a perfect future for you, and I will perfect my perfect future for you. Father, we just thank you so much that you are our loving father. We can come to you at any time, any place, any situation, and know that you're going to perfect, you're going to cleanse, you're going to deliver, heal, set free, you're going to do it all, and you're going to create a brand. You're going to wipe the pages clean and start a whole new narrative in our lives. We thank you for that. Glad you can touch everyone this morning. We remember those who couldn't be here because of sickness or whatever. We're glad that you're their good, good father as well. We thank you for that. Bless us and proceed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise his name. How many are glad he's a good father? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Praise his name. Ushers, if you'll come. <coughs> Hallelujah. And we can continue to worship through the giving of tithes and offerings in his presence. Father, we just thank you so much that we can continue worshiping you through giving. Not just our verbal expression of praise, not just our hearts, but we give you every part of our lives. We thank you that we can do that now. We know that you're going to bless both gift and giver as we use what's given to meet the need of the hour, but to reach out to a world that's lost and dying and hurt. We thank you for what you're going to do. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise his name. And just as you do that, just a few quick announcements. Moving forward. For By the way, those of you who don't know, Pastor Ron uh, has been preaching in some different places. He's out this Sunday preaching at a church here in Youngstown, filling in, uh, and uh, has been filling in, I think, at some of the uh, retirement homes and stuff, too, serving him in prayer. Uh, he's been going out and doing that, which is, which is good, good to do. Next Sunday, you'll notice in your bulletins, we're going to take a special love offering. It is Mission Sunday. We've been taking the fifth Sunday of comes up in the year and concentrating a bit more on missions. And those of you who have been following the news, of course, know about Haiti and the terrible situation in Haiti with not just the hurricane, but then also the tropical storm that came right after and uh, knocked them for a loop. So many, many are struggling there, many of our brothers and sisters as well. And also we're preparing, a, uh, we're hearing there might be a large uh, refugee situation that will be happening in Afghanistan and other areas. So just a, a chance to prepare to give uh, to help those who are less fortunate. We are so blessed here in America. Wow, are we blessed. So it is incumbent upon us to help as best we can as well. Uh, also, next Sunday after church, uh, there's just going to be an informal time of some fellowship, hot dogs, uh, and uh, some drinks, things like that. And uh, nothing, nothing uh, very structured or formal, just a time to get together and chat. If you're interested, uh, just so they can get a little bit of a head count, you can see Mike or Mikey share. Just wave your hands. Everybody knows you. But just say, yeah, I'd like to be here. Uh, there's, if you just want to grab a hot dog and go, I think you can do that. Or if you just want to sit and talk, you can do that and uh, get to know one another. So that's next Sunday after church as well. Praise the Lord. Amen. Take your Bibles. Take your Bibles, and we are in <clears throat> the book of Ephesians. Still, we're finishing up this wonderful letter, and uh, <clears throat> so many wonderful things that Paul has been instructing us in in this this wonderful book. We are 
utterance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance might be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Of course, we talked about the fact that he wrote this from prison so he was in, uh, as truly an ambassador in chains but I always chuckle because I think uh, wow, Paul needed to pray for boldness? <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, but he felt, I guess, that he needed more boldness and more open doors. So, in concluding this wonderful letter, of course, we talked about our wonderful position that we have in Christ. We, we use that uh, expression that many of you have read in the past from Watch With Me, Sit, Walk, Stand. That is actually the book of Ephesians. First of all, Paul tells us we are seated with him in the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and the foundation that we have there. And then he talks about the walk that we have to have. How many know that, uh, uh, what's the old saying? I don't care how high you jump on Sunday morning, but you better walk straight the rest of the week, right? <laughs> so uh, if, if we say we are believers and we are following his word, then we need to be good children, fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, servants, Masters, leaders, whatever. We need to be walking in love. And then we talk about standing in the armor four times. He says in this passage before the armor, stand, therefore, stand, therefore, stand. I mean, all stand, stand, stand. So we're standing in our armor. We're ready for battle against our own flesh and the devil. We talked about that last week, that the word, the sword of the spirit, needs to be first used on our own heart to make sure that we're in tune with the things of the spirit. And that this purpose of this armor <clears throat> is not to look good, but to use in battle and to win. It's to defeat the enemy in our lives. It's to defeat the enemy at work in our family, the, the wiles and the schemes of the devil that are at work in our society and all around us. We don't uh, display our armor. We use our armor. We don't strut around and say, look how shiny my armor is. I've got a shiny breastplate of righteousness. You look into my righteousness, it's so shiny, it may blind you. No, we don't, we don't do that. Not, not, that's not what it's for. As a matter of fact, Paul says to Timothy, in 2 Timothy, all scripture is given by God as profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be fully clad or thoroughly, thoroughly covered for battle, for the enemy, for the work of the gospel. So we, we are, have all of this so that we can lead people to Christ, so we can help the oppressed, so we can raise our families, and be good workers, etc. Always clad, always standing, always ready for what's around us. One, one of the recurring nightmares that I have, <laughs> my wife uh, uh, told me what, it's, uh, what it is. Uh, Jim, uh, I don't know if anybody else has had this, where you're in school, high school or college or something, and you don't have pants on. <laughs> What is that? 
this because he wants to tell us what empowers us as believers, this armor, and all the walk that we do, what we need. And he jumps right into prayer. So we're going to look at four quick points about prayer this morning. First of all, prayer has to be comprehensive. He says, praying with all prayer, which is an interesting phrase. And prayer is to be in the Spirit. He says, praying with all prayer in the Spirit. And then, not only praying in the Spirit, but prayer is to be watchful. And he says, watching unto, therefore. Watching. Watching. So it's in the Spirit. It's to be watchful. And then finally, he says, it's to be persevering in prayer. Because he said, with all perseverance, you've got to keep praying. So let's look at the first one. Prayer is to be comprehensive. He says, praying with all prayer and all supplication. Uh, all kinds of prayer, expressed prayer, nonverbal prayer, planned prayer, spontaneous prayer, uh, private prayer, social prayer, whatever, all kinds of prayer. And Paul gives us, in this passage, he gives us two different words uh, that, he, that he uses, both prayer and supplication. And uh, he says to do all these types of prayer. And I believe what he does here is he tries to hint for us that, to show us that prayer is not just a formula. It's not just a repetition. It's not just a bunch of verbiage that we give to the Lord. It's not praying through a list necessarily. It's not doing this. I think he wants to get something deeper for us. And the, the meaning comes in the, in the New Testament. The word prayer actually has as its root to wish. To wish. Not as in wish upon a star put it in your pocket. Right not that kind of wish. Not, not an aimless kind of wish. But it speaks of strong desire. Strong desire. That's what, it's, it's a deep down inside sense or feeling. Not just a, a little wish that we use. It's not, not like the, the motorcyclist that was out riding one day and uh, the Lord came to him and, and said, you know, you have been such a wonderful blessing to so many people. You're such a, a righteous, wonderful man. I'm going to give you a one wish that you can have. It's wow, a wish from the Lord. That's awesome. So the guy says, you know what? I wish that you could build a bridge from here to Hawaii. Because I would always love to just drive across the ocean on my motorcycle. And the Lord said, wow, I could do that, but... I mean, the pillars that it would take in the ocean floor, I'd have to stop the ocean floor from moving, and then it would disrupt all the fish and things under there, and then the amount of concrete and the natural resources that would be necessary to do that, that's a lot. I, that's a pretty selfish prayer. I, I, I'm not sure I could do that all just for you. That, that's a little bit much. So how about something else? And the motorcyclist said, well, how about, can you help me understand women? And the Lord replied, do you want that to be a two-lane or four-lane? <laughs> <laughs> and she's sitting right there. 
reading Old Testament scriptures about himself and, and seeing the fulfillment of those things in himself. So it's communion. Viewed this way, prayer is a lifestyle of communion and communication with Jesus. It's a lifestyle. It's Abraham going out and looking at the stars and looking at the sand and wondering how God's going to do what he's going to do. It's Jacob wrestling away his, his flesh. It's Joseph in prison interpreting dreams. It's Moses at the burning bush with his shoes off and his heart open to see what this mystery is. It's Habakkuk sitting on the wall waiting to see how God was going to answer him. It's Isaiah. It's Ezekiel seeing all the visions. It's Daniel praying from his porch and also Daniel sitting in the lion's den about to be devoured unless God undertook. It's Peter fasting in prayer. It's John being in the spirit on the Isle of Patmos and then suddenly receiving the revelation. I believe that prayer is conversing. It's worshiping. It's listening. It's contemplating. It's meditating. And it's questioning. Do you know that God's not afraid of your questions? He is way smarter than you. He loves you more than anything you can imagine. And just as a toddler asks us questions as parents, we're not annoyed by them. We want to answer them. So I believe it's questioning. I believe it's sitting in his presence and just listening and listening and hearing you, having your heart here. This is why Paul says, pray without ceasing. Well, how do you pray without ceasing if you're praying for a list? You'll get in a wreck really fast. Don't do that. How do you, how do you pray without ceasing? You pray without ceasing because it's not just asking, 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 asking. Prayer is communion. So if I'm praying without ceasing, I can pray while I'm driving. I can commune with him while I'm vacuuming, while I'm washing the dishes. I can, I can pray in communion in front of the computer at work. It's a conscious communion with the Father. That's what true prayer is. And that opens up your heart to so many things that the Holy Spirit would love to say. We're going to get back to that in a minute and, and see how that works in, in the natural realm. So there's first this communion that we have. Paul says, be in communion with the Holy Spirit for me, for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Listen, pray, but he says also supplicate, which literally means to seek or to entreat. Uh, it's, it's a need. It's a want. So he wants to know our needs. He wants to know what's hassling us. But I think even more, he wants to know us. He wants to be with us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to commune with us. And as that communion is taking place, that's the time. He says, now, what's, what's going on in your life? What's
I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you spend more time with him, you will be asking less of him. I guarantee you. The more time I spend in communion with him, where that word is penetrating my heart and dividing things and cutting things, the more time I'm in his presence and his spirit is pointing out things and touching things and opening areas of my own heart, the less I will be asking him because the more I'll be getting answers without even knowing I'm getting the answers. The questions will suddenly disappear. The problems will suddenly disappear. So prayer is to be comprehensive. It's to be all types of prayer, communion and supplication. The second thing is prayer is to be in the spirit. Uh, I believe that praying in the spirit, it needs to be for people, by people, through the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. We know that we know it very well, don't we? The word, it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I love what one writer says. There is no true prayer that is not dictated by the spirit and in the spirit. That is, under the influence of the divine spirit of God. So we are to seek him in spirit and through the spirit, and we are to present our needs and wants to, uh, about the saints in that way. You say, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? Now, of course, uh, there is the initial uh, uh, concept of praying in the spirit. means praying in tongues, and that is part of it. We pray with the understanding. We pray without the understanding. We pray by our spirits. Uh, uh, we pray in tongues. But there's a deeper meaning, and that is, I believe, to pray in the realm of the Spirit. You say, well, how do I do that? How do I know? You know, I hear I hear people say all the time, uh, uh, Romans 8, chapter, uh, verse 14, Paul says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And, and you know, that, that can get sort of mystical. And people have said in the past, well, I don't know how to be led by the Spirit. I don't understand what that means. Do you, what, do you like, hear a voice? Uh, do you, are you walking down the street and, and all of a sudden you feel left on the side of your head? <laughs> Go that way, dummy? What, what is it? What, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you know that? And, and so I believe there are several ways that we begin to understand how to walk hearing the Holy Spirit and walk in the Spirit. Number one is to know Him and hear Him through the Word of God. That's the foundation. If this word is not in you, if you are not reading the word, if you're not memorizing the word, if you're not meditating on the word, then you will never hear from him. Never. Because there's nothing for him to say to you. So it starts by the foundation of the word. Read and do the word. What does James say? Don't, don't be stupid. That's not a phrase don't, don't, don't just read the word but not do the word. You've got to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Because what does he say? Deceiving yourselves. If you're not, if you don't have the word in your spirit and you're not doing the word step by step every day, then you're walking in deception. Wow. That's an incredible thing to say. Good thing I didn't say it. James said. So we read and we do the word. You listen to the precepts. Open your heart. You do what the word says. You act out the word out loud and in person. So when the word says forgive or you'll not be forgiven, in your heart you're going to say, I can't do that. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to start acting it out as the whole book because you're going to do it by obedience. You start obeying the word. When you start reading the word and then obeying the word and then doing the word, you are setting yourself 
start reading it and say, okay, Lord, that's what I'm going to start doing this week. You won't be dead by Friday. <laughs> but start there. <clears throat> As you begin to do it, you're going to be putting into practice activities in your life that you are going to align your walk, you're going to align your mind with what the Word says and not what you feel or not what you think. And as you align yourself with the word, you're going to find out that you're going to start walking according to the spirit as being led by the sons of God. You're going to start doing what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, not because you're some deep mystic that hears his voice. You're going to be doing what the Holy Spirit wants you to do because you're going to be doing the word. That's very simple. Then comes the next level. Suddenly, you'll begin to hear. When you put these things into practice, you're going to suddenly begin to hear a still small voice inside you. You say, oh, I don't know if I've ever heard that. Oh, we all hear it all the time. Everybody in this room has a conscience. Right. Everybody in this room hears things all the time. But I would guarantee you, everybody in this room closes their ears. <laughs> but everybody knows this, the inner sense of what you need to do. Everybody knows. It's, it's, it's understood by all of us. But all of a sudden, you'll start to hear a still, small voice that will train, is being trained based on what you're already doing in the Word. Everybody got it? You're already doing it in the Word. You're all sitting there staring at me this morning, so I don't know if you're just tired or... <laughs> <laughs> Dreading September coming, I don't know, the snow. Uh, but you're hearing the Word, you're doing it, and automatically the Holy Spirit is working through you to do it. So all of a sudden, when you hear that little voice say to you, give some money to that person. Okay, you already know that that's a good thing to do because you already understand, you see, what words to give and to give it back to you, press down, shake together, running over, and you're going to pour etc. So you already know, okay, that's from the Holy Spirit. Okay? I'll tell you, I'll tell you how to even further understand it. When, when, when all of a sudden you feel inside of you, go pray for that person. You know that's the Holy Spirit. When, when, he's, when he hears inside of you, uh, go ask that person how they're doing. Put your arm around that person. How are you doing, brother? How are you doing, sister? Can I help you with something? When, when, you, when you hear something inside, you say, go visit that sick person. Yeah. You say, well, wait a minute. How do I know that's the Holy Spirit? I guarantee you, here's the answer for you. It's very simple. If you hear anything that is contrary to your flesh, it is almost certainly the Holy Spirit. If you hear, boy, that woman is really pretty. I think I'm going to divorce my wife and marry her. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's your flesh. Anything that you hear that appeals to your flesh, Watchful. 
and this is so important, he says, be watchful, therefore, watching unto all these things that are happening. Go back to Ephesians 5th chapter. See then that you walk circumspectly, and, and I just, I love the way that he puts this here, and it, it caught my attention again for the millionth time, but see then that you walk circumspectly, redeeming the time. Now you would think he would have said, see that you walk circumspectly, redeeming the day, or redeeming the path that you're walking on, but he, but he reverts to time. He says, see that you walk redeeming the time. Well, we know that one meaning of that is when you goof up, generally you lose time, right? When you cut that board wrong the third time, you're losing time. You've got to go back to Home Depot, buy another board, measure it again, because you're not walking circumspectly, you're not cutting circumspectly, so you're going to lose time in what you're doing. So he says, but lose time. Now, real quickly, and, and this, is, this is so important. Real quick, there are two words, basically, for time in the New Testament. The one is chronos, from which we get our English word chronology. Chronos, it means the tick of the clock. It means that thing. It's a specified time. But there's a second word, and that is kairos. And that word is a fixed and definite time. The time when things are brought to crisis, the decisive epoch waited for. It's the opportune time. It's the seasonable time. It's the right time. I don't know about you, but I want to always be in the right time. I'm tired of being in the right place at the wrong time, the wrong time, the right place. I want to be in the right place at the right time all the time. That comes from following the word and listening to the spirit. That helps. Back in the eighth chapter, when Jesus cast out the demons, they, they, they cried out saying, what do we have to do with you, Jesus, son of God? Have you come hither to torment us before the time? Not a time or time, but the time. Matthew, the 13th chapter, uh, they asked about the harvest of the disciples. And Jesus said, let the wheat and the tares grow together. And in the time of harvest, I will deal with it, basically. Gather them together. So, being watchful in worship and communion with God will allow us to meet that fixed and definite kairos time in our lives, that opportune time, that seasonable time. Brothers and sisters, I do not want to miss my kairos time. I don't want to miss my time when the harvest is ready. I don't want to miss my time when the rain becomes a shower. I don't want to miss my time when the problem becomes the promise. I don't want to miss my time when the answer becomes the dawn, when the day star arises. I don't want to miss my time when the blessing comes. I don't want to be off wandering around in the flesh when the Holy Ghost is pouring out a blessing, when the spout is open and the glory is coming out. I don't want to miss that time, that Kairos time. And it comes by listening to his spirit. But you know what? Here's the good news. God is gracious. He knows we're dumb. And he's always the God of the second chance, isn't he? And the third chance. And the tenth chance. And the hundredth chance. So I'm glad to know that as I'm watchful, that he can say, David, I know you're, you're seeking a certain thing. You're, you're asking me for a certain thing. And you're waiting patiently for that certain thing. I'm telling you right now, in my sovereignty, I know exactly when that thing is going to happen. You don't, but I do. And I know that it's going to happen next Wednesday at 2.12 a.m. It's going to happen. You just need to get to that Kairos time. Yeah. Don't give up. Don't give up. And that's why that leads us to the last point, and that is prayer is to be persevering. With all perseverance. 
with. I love the way he uses all all the time. All prayer, all supplication, all perseverance. I thought perseverance was perseverance, but all perseverance. Pray without ceasing. All perseverance. Hannah groaning like a drunk woman in the temple because she was praying for that son, Samuel, that was going to come. Praying and believing so much so that she acted like a drunk person. Jesus saying to the disciples, no, no, this one comes out only by fasting and prayer. It comes out together. It comes out through perseverance. You and I both know that you can't get anything in life unless you persevere. And, I, and I, I'm not intending to say that in the things of the Spirit that we can do anything in, in the realm of the Spirit, but I believe that the root understanding of perseverance comes from the two root words of perseverance. Take off the P-E-R, and you've got severance. Severance, which is a cutting away. Reduce it down even further, and you've got sever. I mean, know that if you're going to persevere in life, to progress as a follower of Jesus, I believe requires a constant severing of the flesh, a constant severing of desires. It takes a constant relegation of the flesh under the spirit. It takes a constant looking at the word and saying, okay, once again, Jesus, the word is right and I am wrong. The word is right and I am wrong. Thank you for showing me where I'm wrong again. And we sever it and we cut it creates a constant lifestyle of perseverance, per-severing every part of our life as we cleanse ourselves of ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. Ooh, I, wow.
I was 40 years ago, and I'm able to go in and defeat everybody in this land just like I was all those years ago. Now let me out. Perseverance. So pray. Paul says you're going to have this armor on. That's great. So here's how that armor works. You've got to be in communion with the Holy Spirit. And as you're communing with him, he will activate every part of that armor. He will activate every door that needs to be opened. He'll activate every door that needs to be shut. He will move you into places that you would never understand or believe. He will do things that you could never comprehend. He will heal you in ways that you could never think you could be healed. He'll heal you body, soul, and spirit until the day that he takes you home because it's his plan and his purpose. Just be in the spirit. Be watchful. Be persevering. And be filled with the sword of the spirit in every part of your body. And he will undertake. Scarheads. Father, I just thank you so much that you've given us a, 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 a simple path. Not an easy path, but a simple path to understand. There's not a whole list of things that we have to remember every day to do. There's not a whole compendium of religious guidelines that we have to follow. We don't have to pray a certain direction. We don't have to do any of that. All we need to do, Father, is just commune with you. Commune with you. Be watchful. Supplicate. Pray. Speak. Worship. Commune with you. And as we do, you're going to speak to our hearts. You're going to lead us. You're going to guide us. You're going to give us the perseverance that we need to get through the situation. Whether that's like the Apostle Paul in Rome, in prison, waiting to be beheaded. He knew what his end was. He knew what was coming. We had to persevere all the way to the end. Whether it's our brothers and sisters around the world that are suffering right now, we know they're there. We ask in the spirit of perseverance that prayer would be in their hearts as well. And for all of us, whatever the situation is, we're all going through stuff. But we know that you're going through it with us. And no matter how hot the furnace gets, we know that your hand is on the thermostat. And you're going to watch us through the whole way. So we thank you. We receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise his name and stand together. Perseverance and saints. What did Jesus say? When I come back in the age, will I find faith in the earth? Will I find a group of people just trusting me and loving me and staying with me? And that's all he wants. Amen. I'm very glad we can do that. Praise his name. Turn around. Bless somebody you are dismissing him. Go for praising him.
interesting it is. It's security. It's security. Yeah. But I mean, we, I don't like what's happening now overseas. I know. Every person here wants to get out of there, you know, and everybody can. Now they're trying to find other places to send them and stuff, you know. Other countries, if other countries would take some of them. I don't turn on the television because I think it's going to be Yeah, here. it's bad. Yeah, that is bad. It's bad. And I know with our life, it's in his hands, yeah. it's each day, and you know, it's not that we're free, because I say, why do I have pain? Now, Tuesday, I'm going to go talk to the doctor because of all the Turn that in, but uh, so then okay, then I was wanting to tell him because all right, yes, I'm lacking with thyroid medicine six o'clock every morning. I thought I don't want to take this anymore, but I have to. Mm -hmm. And then I have all the symptoms that go with thyroid. I'm freezing all the time, my skin is dry, it can be, and all these emotional things. Yeah. You take the pill, but it eliminates all the calcium in the body. So now, he says, well, you have weakening of the bones. Yeah, well, that was nothing new. Yeah. So now, but I, I, think, I think that he did it, though, just to make sure that was the only thing that was wrong. You know, All right. take a scan, let's make sure there's nothing unusual going on, so we know it's just 